Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, guys, we've been going through Matthew. We're up to chapter 13. We're going to finish up chapter 13 today. I've entitled this section, The King's Teaching by the Sea. And basically, when Jesus was by the Sea of Galilee, he gave a bunch of parables. We've been looking at those parables over the last few weeks. And we're going to look at the final parable today. It's kind of a summation parable. It's kind of a parable to kind of help people get an understanding of where things are at. And with that comes his explanation And with that also comes an example for us of what he's talking about. So we're going to look at that today. And I think it's very, very important because I I actually think that we really need to grasp that as Christians, you and I are saved for a purpose. If you want to write that down, you and I are saved for a purpose. He doesn't bring salvation to your life just to make sure that you've got heaven taken care of, or just to make sure that your sins are forgiven, those are all, to be very honest with you, wonderful. They in themselves would just be enough, but actually God saved you for a purpose. He saved you to serve Him. Now when I say that, immediately some of you are thinking, oh, He wants me to be a missionary. No, 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 no. Some people He calls to be missionaries. Some people He calls to be pastors. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that he wants you to give up your life. I'm talking about that he wants you to serve him where you're at, where you work, where you live, with the life that you have. He wants you to serve him. He he wants you to be an instrument in his hand to use where you're at in this world. And trust me, folks, I think you've been noticing, if you've noticed the news, The world needs Jesus, doesn't it? It just seems like on the news. I mean, I've gotten to a place this week, the last few days, I've quit quit looking at certain news things because it just seems to be chaos. And all that does is work me up, you know what I'm saying? And we need to quit being worked up and find our rest where? In Jesus. But we're not the only ones who get worked up, are we? Right? And people need to know about who? Jesus. Now the problem is, can I be honest with you, we're not doing too good sharing about Jesus. And you think, well, that's okay. I can just go on. No, no, no. Here's what I want you to understand. We become incomplete. We lack something in our life if we're not talking about the one that we love. Did you know what I'm saying? You know, I'm going to tell you something. When I started dating this gal, I didn't go around not telling anybody. Because you talk about the one who has your attention, right? That's only natural. So what's going on in your life? Nothing. No, I met this great gal, this beautiful, gorgeous lady. She's actually paying attention to me. Would you believe that one? But what I want to say is, is when you are impacted by someone, you can't help but what? Talk about them, right? Do you know what I'm saying? You're going to talk about them. See, this is the thing. If you're not talking about Jesus, you're incomplete. And I'm not talking about being preachy. 
oftentimes we think about that we need to be preachy when we talk about, no, you don't, I'm not talking about being preachy. I'm just talking about that if you love God and he's working in your life, it's only going to flow out of you, what? Naturally. So, but the problem is, is we're incomplete. And here's a couple of things I want you to see about the incompleteness. Many of us are functioning with an incomplete spiritual life. Many of us are functioning with an incomplete spiritual life. Really, George, you really believe that? Yeah, years ago, I remember when I first became a Christian, I was going through some navigator material, navigators or or a Christian organization that focuses on discipleship, and some of their discipleship material, they they had a... an illustration called the wheel. And, and the wheel, the center of the wheel was Jesus. The out, like the outer part of the wheel was called the obedient Christian life. And then they had four spokes. And they have to be balanced in your life. One was reading. One was prayer. One was giving. The other was sharing your faith. And if one of those components was out of whack, then your whole life was out of whack. And and the point is, is that you can't be a secret agent Christian. You can't exist without telling people about who Jesus is if he's a part of your life. It's got to come out of you naturally. But but I'm going to be honest with you, for a lot of us that doesn't happen. In fact, people might actually be shocked that you love Jesus. And what that's reflective of is, is that we're functioning with an incomplete spiritual life. Do you understand what I'm saying? An incomplete spiritual life. I've been there. Do you understand what I'm saying? I've been there where I didn't want, I was so afraid I didn't want to do that, but my life was not functioning right spiritually. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Why is this happening? Here's the point. We failed to grasp the importance of sharing our faith. We failed to grasp the importance of sharing our faith. That's the, that's the bottom line. I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. We have failed to grasp how important it is for us to tell people about Jesus. Because we've just been riding along, coasting along. Everybody's okay. Everything's going to be wonderful. Everything's sweet and wonderful. Everybody's going to make it. Folks, that's not true. In fact, Jesus gives us a closing parable here to wake us up to that. Now notice, he's already given us some parables here in this section. This is all one body of teaching. And when Jesus does teaching, he's not just throwing stuff out there, hopefully it'll grab onto it. He's got a purpose in doing it. So he started off with what? He started off with the sower and the seed and talking about the four different responses to him. He went from that to talking about the wheat and the tares. What was he doing there? Again, telling us that there are two types of people in this world. Two types of people headed in two different directions spiritually. He then went on to talk about what's available to those through these four parables that we looked at last week about the kingdom of God and what it means for us. It has significance. It has impact in our lives. And it has value. And we should be seeking after it. So now he's going to wrap it all up in one proverb again to bring it all back to where we need to realize that we have a responsibility. But with that responsibility, we need to be realistic. So I want you to notice with me. Look with me at the passage. We're going to start in verse 47 through the end of chapter 13, verse 58. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet 
that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to the shore. They sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but threw the bad away. So it will be at the end of the age when the angels will come forth, separate the wicked from the just, and cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said to them, Have you understood all these things? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he said to him, Therefore every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure things new and old. Now it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, that he departed from there. And when he had come to his own country, he taught in their synagogue, so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brothers James, Josie, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where did this man get all these things? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Now here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to talk about the parable, which I've entitled The Gathering. Gathering because it focuses on the end of the age. We're going to talk about responsibility. We're going to see that in verses 51 and 52. And then we're going to see the reaction that you and I need to expect. So let's talk about the gathering. He gives this parable. He tells a parable. Again, a parable is a story from everyday activities in their life communicating a spiritual truth. And so again, he's by the Sea of Galilee, so he's obviously got not just farmers there, but he's got fishermen. And so what the, how they fished back then is they would cast a big net out behind their boats and drag it along and guess what? Catch anything that was in the net. And when it was full, they would bring the nets to the shore, and here's what they would do. They would kind of go through the fish, the good fish they would throw out into pots. The bad stuff, they would throw away, meaning the fish that they didn't want, or what a, maybe, a, maybe a crab or something, or maybe they weren't into crabs, you know what I'm saying? But they would throw it away. And obviously, I, I keep picturing lots of seagulls around grabbing the stuff that they're throwing away, Right? And Jesus says that this parable is what's going to happen in the end. The angels will come and gather together all of humanity and they will be separated, the good from the bad, the wicked from the righteous. And the wicked will be thrown into the furnace and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's the gathering. So let's look at a couple things here. Number one, God will separate unbelievers from believers. God's going to separate believers from unbelievers. All right, let me just stop for a moment. We live in a world where we are, how, how do I say this? We live in a world which has embraced a universalism. What's universalism, George? Well, universalism is a thought that everybody's going to make it. No matter what you believe, as long as you're good, you're going to make it. In fact, the only people who aren't going to make it are dictators, bad, savage people who do tremendously horrible things, 
but everybody else is going to make it. And that's especially true in our culture today because we're in a culture where there is no truth. Quote, there is no truth. Anything goes, everybody's going to make it. Well, the problem is, is that's not what the Bible says. Very clearly, over and over, God in His Word makes it very clear that there is a separation that's going to take place. A separation between the wicked... And let me explain to you what the Bible says the wicked are. The wicked are those who transgress God's law. Guess who that is, folks? Everyone. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans says. But he separates from that believers. What are the believers? The righteous. Those who believe in Jesus Christ, who have embraced the fact that he has died for them and are trusting by faith in his finished work on the cross. They are separated And God in the future is going to separate the believers from the unbelievers. That's spoken of over and over again. Jesus made that point many times. I don't know how you can get anywhere that says everybody's going to make it. Because Jesus never taught that. God will separate unbelievers from believers. Here's the second thing I want you to see about this parable. Very stark parable. Real parable, but we need to grasp the reality of it. Here's what he's saying. Unbelievers will be judged and experience eternal torment. They're going to be judged because they do not have faith in Jesus. They're going to be judged because of their wickedness. And they're going to be cast in the fire. Now you think, okay, that's it. They're going to be annihilated. They're going to be finished. That's it. No, 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 you don't understand. And he says there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What's that describing? It's not just going to be a one-time punishment, that's it, they're over, they're done. That's not the way it is in the Bible. The fire we're talking about is not a physical fire, it's an eternal fire. And what happens there is a picture of eternal judgment and that they will be mourning their judgment and enduring the painfulness of that judgment. Are you ready for this? Forever. Forever. Unbelievers will be judged and experience eternal judgment. You say, that's not nice, George. That doesn't sound like a loving God. Listen, folks, God is love. He's perfect in His love. His love is such that He gives them the opportunity. Rather than bringing the judgment now, He he waits to bring the judgment so that everybody has the opportunity to what? Respond. And part of His grace to everyone is is providing an opportunity for everyone (laughs) that it belongs to him to share about Jesus so that they can escape what? The judgment. This is the parable that Jesus shared to them. You say, that's not nice. I understand that, but that's reality. And you can't move away from that. You understand, Jesus spoke very little about heaven in the Scriptures. He did speak about heaven, but he spoke very little about it. But let me tell you, he spoke a whole lot about hell and the lake of fire, and the judgment. Why? To get our attention. That's what's awaiting us. You know, I I remember one time I was working, when I was in college, I worked for the airlines. I was just telling somebody about I worked for the airlines yesterday. And I remember uh, when we unloaded the airplanes, every airplane had a load of mail on it. And we were to take that mail over to the post office, part of the of the uh, of the airport there, and then give it to the postal workers there. Just throw it onto a conveyor belt, and they sorted out whatever the packages were in the bags and whatever. And 
and I remember there was a guy in the post, one of the postal workers there, uh, I don't know what his name was, don't really care to know what his name was, but for some reason he was talking about how he couldn't wait to die because he could go to hell and have a party with all the wild guys down there. Now, I was a new Christian then, and I listened to this, and I thought, are you kidding me? But there are some people who believe that. Can I tell you, folks, that is pure stupidity. Why? Because the Bible very clearly says it's not going to be a party. It's going to be torment and punishment. Now, wow, that's heavy, George. Yeah, it is. So Jesus, after that, talks to them about it. So let's talk about it. He's going to talk about responsibility. Notice what he says. Verse 51. After sharing that, he asks a question. He's asking the question to you and I here. Look with me at verse 51. He said to them, Have you understood all these things? Here's the first thing I want you to grasp. Okay, First thing that you need to be asked. I need to be asked this. You need to be asked this. Number one, do you understand what Jesus is saying? That's the bottom line, folks. I, I want you to think about it for a moment. We're talking about bringing everything down to the basic point of where everything is heading. And what Jesus is saying, it's heading to a gathering where the wicked are separated from the righteous. Later on, he'll describe it as a parable of the goats and the sheep, where the goats are separated from the sheep. See, he's going to talk about this all the time, of the judgment, of, of, the, of the righteous being separated from the wicked. And, and that's fleshed out in different ways in the Scripture later on. But he, he's wanting you to understand what happens to those who don't believe. And he under, wants you to understand that they're going to face eternal judgment. So he comes to verse 51. He says to his disciples then, he says it to his disciples now, to you and I. Do you understand what I'm saying? The question to you and I is, is do you understand what Jesus is saying? So you've got to comprehend that when we look at the world, it isn't a world made up of Republicans and Democrats. It's not a world made up of Muslims and non-Muslims. It's not a world made up of Americans and non-Americans. It's not a world made up of big people, tall people, short people, bald people, long-haired people. It's a world made up of people who are either going to be set aside because they're righteous, because they believe in Jesus, or people who are ultimately going to go where? To hell. Do you understand that? Because there's a reason why you need to understand it. There's a reason why you need to grasp it. What is it? Next point I want you to see there, the responsibility. Understanding brings the responsibility of sharing. Understanding brings the responsibility of sharing. Because here's the reality, okay? Let's stop for a moment. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ here, and a lot of you are, you have loved ones 
I have loved ones, you have loved ones who don't know Jesus. You know that, right? I know that, right? Now here's the problem. We can forget real quickly because we take for granted that we're always going to have them. We can forget real quickly what Jesus is trying to get us to understand here. And the fact is, is that they may not understand it, and they don't, because their eyes are blinded, right? Their eyes are blinded to the truth. That's why they're not accepting. They may not know it, and they don't know it, but you know it. You know what's ahead of them. You know what's down the road. You know that if they don't know Jesus, what Jesus said would happen. Do you understand what he's saying? And if you understand what he's saying, then you have a responsibility to share. Because notice what he says there. Look at what he says. He's talking about us. Because he said, I thought he was talking about scribes. He's making a principle here. Every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his, out of his treasure things new and old. You are a scribe here because you have been instructed in, every one of you has been instructed, I have been instructed in the realities of the kingdom. What's the reality of the kingdom? There's going to be a great separation. Those who don't know him are going to endure hell. The rest are going to endure prominence in his kingdom. And you and I are like scribes, but he says what? Are like householders who out of his household shows off treasures both old and what? New. So like if you come to my house, okay, sometimes like we invite folks over to my house. We always want you to come to our house. Okay? If you come to our house, I can take you into our living room and you'll see a clock. It needs to be clean so it's not working right now. And I've got great stories to tell about that clock because that clock was given by my great-great-grandmother, she gave two clocks, one to my great-great-grandfather, no, my great-grandfather, and to my great-uncle, his brother. When they got married, they got this clock. And it's, so it's a hundred-year-old German clock. I've got to get it clean so it can gong again. I like to hear it gong. It's one of those ones where you turn, and it's not digital. The hands go around, Okay. But I like to tell people the story of that and like to say, well, is that your great-grandfather's clock? No, it's my uncle's clock. Because my, the one that my grandfather had burned up in the fall of Berlin in World War II when the building he was in was bombed and burned to the ground. So I've got things to show you. Or, or yet we'll come over and we'll show you the new faucet we have. So I'm showing you the old, I'm showing you the what? New. That's what we're like. Except what we're showing, the treasure we're showing, the old and the new is what? The kingdom. Jesus. What's the old? What he's done in your past. What's the new? What he's doing in your life right now. You understand what he's saying? We've got a responsibility. Why? Because we want them to hear about who, folks? Jesus, we don't want to, I mean, we don't, we're not here to make them change churches. We want them to know Jesus because it's not a question of whether or not you go to a certain church or not. It's a question of whether or not you know Jesus because if you don't know Jesus, it ain't good. 
Their destiny is not good. I don't care how good a person they are. I don't care how much you love them. You say, okay, George, that's wonderful. But Jesus shares something else here. He shares because he wants us to keep it all in perspective. And the perspective he wants you to keep, and if you might want to write this down, is that not everybody's going to accept what you share. Not everybody's going to accept what you share. Look at the example. He gives the example of himself. He goes back to his home area. So he's going back to his hometown, folks. And he goes into the synagogue where he grew up in and where he maybe even read the scripture there. He gets up and he shares and people are, are like, who, wait a minute now, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't, isn't his mother Mary? Aren't his daughters here? They're married. His, his one sister is married to my cousin. Aren't his brothers, you know, James and, and Judas, not the same Judas, Judas Iscariot. Judas was a common name back then. But and his brother, hey, I was just hanging out with his brother. What's the deal with Jesus? And they were offended. And they rejected. And Jesus could do very little miracles there because they what? Didn't believe. Here's what I want you to see. The reaction. They questioned and rejected Jesus. They question and rejected Jesus. Folks, you're just going to have to grab it. Even though you share of the, of the old and the new things about what God is doing in your life, even though you know you have a responsibility to share, folks, people are going to question and people are going to reject what? What you believe. They're going to say that. Well, that's what you believe. I believe something else. Well, that's just pure crazy. You're just plain whacked out. Second thing I want you to see. Don't be surprised when they reject you. Look, wh- wh- why did Matthew put this in there? Because he wants you to see that if they would reject Jesus, listen, and, and think about it. Jesus does the miracles. Jesus does the teaching. Jesus raises people from the dead. Jesus makes the blind to see. How many, how many even in their day, that was un, not thought of. That was like impossible. Jesus heals people whose body parts are not right. Jesus is doing miraculous things. And they rejected him. Now let's just stop. I don't think any of us are doing those kind of things, are we, when we share? But the reality is, is that when people reject you, don't be surprised by it, because they rejected who? Jesus. Oh, well, wait a minute now. Hold on a second, George, because hold on. You said I'm not complete if, if I don't share. But if I share... I shouldn't be surprised if people reject. Ah! That's a sound to be a good situation. Well, maybe not, but here's the thing. Completeness comes to your life by sharing. I didn't say leading people to Jesus, because a lot of times you share, you won't lead somebody to Jesus. I would say a lot of times when you share, you won't lead somebody to Jesus. 
But the point is, is that you're being obedient to what God wanted you to do. And that's what? Tell others about Jesus. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.